This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse for free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses, Season 5, Episode 2, Character Quirks. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. I'm Brie Spain. Yes, we have special guest star Brie Spain, who is um, a wonderful writer who's agreed to come in and um, be with us here on the podcast. Uh, tell us just quickly about yourself, um, what you do, what you write, that kind of stuff. I write paranormal romance, which is basically horror novels with a little bit less blood and a lot more kissing. <laughs> and my book's called uh, it's the Dark Divine or at least Trilogy. The kissing is not inherently disturbing, like in my book. <laughs> less, less blood and more kissing. This sounds like a good life. <laughs> I want to, that's okay. I'm using that as my next title. <laughs> you have less to blood and more kissing yes. by Dan Wells. Um, we want to talk about character quirks. We've talked a little bit about building characters. We've talked about side characters. We want to focus in and narrow in on character quirks. What do we mean by that? We mentioned a lot. Um, Dan, uh, why do we use character quirks? What are we even talking about? Well, a character quirk is something that makes your character quirky. It's something that makes your character quirky. Oh, wow, thanks. (laughs) I had to say it. Somebody had to say it. Dan Wells of the Circular Definition. (laughs) Yes. A character quirk is an inherent tautology. Um, A character quirk (laughs) makes your character different from every other similar character. For so, so, for example, if you have the private eye who you know lives on the mean streets and drinks and does whatever, but also loves puppies and does macrame in his spare time, then he's suddenly different from every other okay, you know, why is noir that good? pulp detective. And that is good because then people will remember. Okay. That's, that's what we're getting at here. We want yes. to make our characters memorable. Um, quirks, really, in my opinion, are falling into two categories. You're either making them more identifiable or you're making them more memorable and hopefully doing both at the same time, all right? Um, so we want to talk about good character quirks and bad character quirks. Um, Brie, do you, you have a character quirk? Does your main character have quirks? Okay, my main character, she has an interesting quirk that she likes to edit other people. And oh, part, wow. of it, part of it is that she's a pastor's daughter. Uh-huh. So she's grown up in this family where they're not supposed to swear and that type of thing. But she, uh, uh, she edits the people around her, which gets kind of interesting because she ends up in the book in these really intense situations. So instead of like writing it out, what the guys actually like say to her like she's in this scary situation there's these guys mm-hmm. are saying these really creepy things to her and she'll just be like and then he said a bunch of stuff that i am not going to repeat okay and uh, but it gets oh, okay. it gets it's fun because mm-hmm. i can suddenly come up with like something funny that she says instead of repeating you know all this foul language that okay. the guys are saying so it's sure. but you're writing in first person yes so she is editing other people as she narrates them to us yes Cool. That's cool. That's cool. an interesting quirk. Howard, quirks, what do you got going for you? Um, my, main, talking pieces of say, my main character <laughs> my main character is a walking oral fixation. Okay. That's Schlock. Uh, okay. okay. He's just got a great big mouth, and that's just how he explores the world. Okay. And now everybody's uncomfortable that I've described him in that way. I'm but. really glad you explained what that means. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, Why? Uh, sadly, it was discovery writing. <laughs> okay, um, it's, I, I had an amorphous character, and I thought, well, what if, because of the nature of amorph biology, he, his only orifice is his mouth? 
He doesn't have a nose. He doesn't have ears. He doesn't have a butt. <laughs> it's just all mouth. What happens? And his character grew from there. And okay, before we gross people out any further, we're going to maybe I should talk about another quirk, character. How about this? Pitfalls of character quirks. <laughs> well, sometimes they end up dirty. <laughs> What, what, can you go too far with this? Oh, absolutely. Um, wow, that's a very leading question. Uh, it's a good thing I'm not a reporter. Are you asking us to go too far with this? <laughs> no, I'm asking. Uh, no, I, obviously. I, I would like to just pitch that yeah. to Howard in the form of, how do you keep from going too far with that particular quirk? Um, there's there's two, rules in, uh, two rules in writing good comedy. The first is everybody loves a running gag. And the second is everybody hates it when you go back to the well too often. And the difference between going back to the well and a good running gag is all execution. And I look at the jokes that I make about Schlock and his mouth, and if they are genuinely funny because they're funny, then I'll, I'll go ahead and use them. If they're funny because, oh, ha, ha, another mouth joke, then it's not really that funny. I've just gone back to the well too many times. And okay. so I'll so I'll leave it alone. So if it's funny on its own, then being a reference to an earlier thing is just extra yeah, icing. Yeah, it's just gravy. Okay. okay. Icing Great. and gravy in the same any, analogy. Any sort of pitfalls you can think of, like, where, where what are the problems? People say, I want to write my characters quirky. Does that raise any red flags? You know, sometimes if you get too quirky, if you, definitely, if you take the quirk too far, they become unreliable in a way okay. where it's just you, you think the author you know they're just going for the gag they're just going yeah. for the joke that type of thing if it doesn't ring true to the to the scene and the thing I can think of in my book is there is a very very intense scene between my two main characters where normally she does edit out right. what her you know what this mm -hmm. guy says all the time because he has a foul mouth but in this particular scene it is such an emotionally raw scene that she does not edit edit him because if the reader had read that scene and she had you know had suddenly flipped to something right. you know had had suddenly edited him in the middle of this very intense thing he's confessing to her i think the reader would have stepped back and said whoa you know that doesn't work for me yeah. at all they wouldn't have gotten knocked, it would have knocked out of the story no, I, I, yeah. I think you're exactly right there i mean that's the big pitfall i would see is when the story starts becoming about the quirks instead of the characters unless you're writing a really quirky comedy, which, you know, it's yeah. going to have a various mm -hmm. different level. But when the story, the, the quirks overshadow the characters, you've gone too far. And that's the problem. And pe when people come to me and say, I want my characters to be more quirky, that immediately I worry about that. I worry that, well, are you wanting to write comedy or do you want your characters to be more distinctive? Or what are you really searching for? Um, well, sometimes when people are looking for quirks, uh, I'm... Uh, I think what they're actually looking for is a way to make their writing more humorous without actually writing a comedy. Okay. And the problem there is that that's not how it's done. Right. We mm -hmm. don't laugh at people just because of their quirks. We laugh at people because they have responded to something in a way that's funny. Yeah. And that's independent of what's well, and, broken and a, about them. A quirk, when we say quirk... That that makes us think funny, but that is not the only yeah. way to use them. Yeah. And a good quirk will inform and create a character rather than just feel tacked onto it. Yeah. Uh, for example, Dexter from the Jeff Lindsay novels. He's essentially a forensic detective, and his character quirk is he's also a sociopathic serial killer. Mm -hmm. And that is such an interesting quirk that it informs the rest of the story, and it creates 
you know, so many other things, and it doesn't feel just like, oh, he's a forensic detective, but he also, you know, whatever. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's go ahead and do um, our book of the week. We're going to have Brie tell us about her book, which is on Audible. You can get the uh, um, audio version. So tell us about The Dark Divine. The Dark Divine is about a girl who, um, growing up, she had a brother and her brother's best friend. They were three musketeers until one day um, the best friend disappears off the face of the planet. And she knows something horrible happened between um, the brother and the friend, but she doesn't know what it is. And... They kind of moved on until three years later, the best friend suddenly comes back to town and he wants something and it's only something Grace can give him. And her brother desperately wants her to stay away from him and so she has to figure out what's what happened and how she can fix it and, and she wants to try and fix it and we'll see if she can. Okay. And you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse, um, support the podcast, support Brie for being nice enough to come on and put up with us um, and uh, download a copy of the book and start a 14-day free trial on Amazon. We do have the details on our website where you can see kind of what you're agreeing to and that sort of thing. So, thank 14 you very day tr- 14, 14 day free trial on Audible. You said right. Amazon. Oh, did I say Amazon? Well, Amazon does not have a 14-day free no, trial. No, it doesn't. No, they don't. On Audible. Um, Podcast.com slash excuse. Slash excuse. (laughs) (laughs) This shill has been brought to you by Howard Taylor, who wants to make sure that we represent our sponsors correctly. And now we return you to this podcast. Great radio voice. Um, I want to talk a little bit about more character quirks, taking it not the humorous direction. Um, Because when I view character quirks, I I realize that word, as Dan said, does sound a little bit... Humorous. I'm looking when I'm doing that for ways to break the stereotype. That's my main goal with character quirks. Is and what? How does this character fit into the story? What will people? Ex- how will people expect this character to fit in the story? And how, therefore, can their life experience and who they are make them incongruous for those en- expectations? I'm looking for incongruity. It's not necessarily. You know, people say I want a quirk. They think, okay, I want to. Um, I want to write something like you know a pizza delivery man for the mob. Right, um, something that like Neil Stevenson has come up with, which yeah. is just an incredible, mind-blowing quirk that you can you can say in one sentence. But that's not generally what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something like you know, in, in, in Way of Kings, when I was looking for a quirk, I wanted to juxtapose. I wanted to put a surgeon into a war and uh, making the force to actually hurt people. How does that? Do, what does that do to his psychology? I want to do things like that. Make a warlord start to um, well, you know. And when you yeah. when you start talking about it in that way, uh, I think it's better instead of using the word quirk to talk about uh, character weaknesses, character challenges, character obstacles that are, that yeah, are inherent these, these to are them. are all just different words for the same thing. It's ways to make the character distinctive. Well, you know, but what I'm saying is that for the new writer, yeah. if you think quirk, you think, oh, I need to do something weird and funny. Right. Whereas if you think weakness, you think, oh, I'm going to write a surgeon who is forced to be a soldier. See, but well, I don't and think, I don't that think that's it's, I don't think it's so much a weakness as it is a difference. Again, it's making them different. You, t- you, you, in Way of Kings, have a warrior 
who is different from every other fantasy warrior because he's also a trained surgeon, you know? And putting someone, you know, it's a fish out of water kind of idea. It gives them a different perspective than other characters of that type that we've read before. And that's what I'm, I think that if we could get our listeners to focus more on that incongruity, um, ask yourself, and one time, um, this was Dave Farland, a, a wonderful writing teacher, wonderful writer. He, he, in his class that Dan and I took years ago now, he said, ask yourself why this character cannot fulfill the role in the plot that they are expected to fulfill. And that's where you start to find your interesting quirks. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the one-armed quarterback, um, that sort of thing, where you're actually trying to build your characters in a way that, you know, ask yourself, who would be, who would be perfect for this role? And I'm not going to use that person. Yeah. I'm going to use someone else. I, I remember him uh, in class talking about that, and he specifically said uh, to do auditions, which I've mm-hmm. actually done for a couple of books. You know, you take the perfect candidate for that job and throw them out, and then you just think, you know, if I, this warrior, we're going to get rid of the warrior and instead we're going to have a baker. Yeah. Or we're going to have, you know, a princess. Or we're going to have somebody else who would, does not fit that role as well and just audition them through and, and see how it goes. Do we have some good examples from uh, books that everybody will have read? I mean, is there, uh, like, I'm thinking Lord of the Rings. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings is a great example because um, it, it's now become its own cliche. But if you yeah. throw away all the history that came after it and are looking yeah. at it when it was released, Tolkien was a scholar of Beowulf. He loved Beowulf. He did a translation of it. And he actually wrote this look at The Hobbit. He wrote The Hobbit and said, I want to put someone else in Beowulf's, Beowulf's shoes who would not be the superhero that Beowulf was. And The Hobbit came from, I mean, if you go back and you read Beowulf, there's this great scene where the, um, Beowulf and, and his people steal from a dragon and go grab a cup and all this stuff. I mean, it's almost the exact same scene ended up in The Hobbit, except it's Bilbo doing it instead. It's this, you know... A very stead, yeah. straight-laced mm-hmm. homemaker of a guy. Homebody yeah. dude. That, that's a great example of how a quirky character can work so well because, as you said, that has become the new cliche. It has. Because it was so good. And you're yeah. looking as writers to do something like that without copying that. Use the method without exactly what's going on. Well, I'm thinking Hunger Games. Okay. I just finished rereading the Hunger Games today, and your heroes of the novel are a baker and... A teenage girl who's described as being, you know, she has skill, but she's very small. The other contestants mm-hmm. are extremely large. She's up against Cato, who's this huge, brutal kind of maniac of a man, where she describes herself as, you know, she is a very small girl, and, and her partner in it is, he's a baker, and he yeah. doesn't want anything to do with fighting with violence. He'd rather bake bread and frost cookies. You know? Exactly. This is the sort of stuff exactly that we're looking for. Um, and so let's, let's, let's just throw out some things that they can consider. We've talked about profession. Try and find someone who has a different professional background than you would expect them to have in the role that they're in. What are other different things that they could have? Well, I hate to bring up my book again, but it's, it's about, well, it's a, one of the things I wanted to explore was how does someone from a very um, Christian background deal with discovering the secrets of the underworld? You know, demons and werewolves and vampires. How does she come from this, you know, from the one background of Christianity and faith and redemption and forgiveness and do unto others and suddenly realize there's this entire other mythology? <laughs> oh, yes, werewolves are real. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's, a, that's a great thing. Religion. You could put someone with a very different religious background in a, a role that they're not, you wouldn't expect them to be in. 
um, we've mentioned psychology with Dexter um, and, mm-hmm. and things like, you know, the TV show Monk, which kind of almost, I think, goes too far, makes the story about the quirk. Um, but, you know, someone with a psychological profile, a way of thinking that does not fit the type of person they're meant to be. Um, I think philosophy is an interesting way to go. I mean, I guess this kind of falls under religion, but uh, I read this great essay about Star Wars talking about how the Jedi's claim to be pacifists, but really they're warriors. What about that same story with an absolute pacifist in the role? You know, someone who does not fight and won't hurt other people as the lead in your action-adventure story. That makes me think of Avatar The Last Airbender. You you have this, he's one of the, the mm-hmm. air monks who he's been taught his entire life, yes. don't be yes. violent, you cannot kill. And mm-hmm. then it comes down to the end and they said, hey, you know, don't, don't, spoilers. don't spoilers, yeah. okay, we don't spoil. spoilers. Okay. We won't spoil the end, yes. but I will agree that but that was But he is required to kill someone. They are told he to has a, to kill to someone. a series but because of that quirk. Yes, that's an excellent one to bring up. All right. Um, I am going to force Howard to give us our writing prompt this week. Okay. I'm going to ponder this for just long enough to determine that the quirk for your writing prompt, quirk for your writing prompt, is a physical attribute that in some way influences this character's religion. Okay. They have some sort of physical attribute that makes up their religion and influence it some way. Okay, that's a great one. Cool. Um, This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. 